to you live from the CBS Community Kailal, a lovely Friday morning over here, Erev Shabbos. Erev Shabbos, Parshas Emor in Chutz Arts, and yes, in Eretz Yisrael, they are still a week ahead of us, they are already up to Bahar, because we're going to be Bahar in Eretz Yisrael. And um, we continue over here with Derech Hashem. We are up to the second to last paragraph in the sixth parak of the second Chelek. Chelek Beis, Perik Vav, Simon Dalad. Beis, Vav, Dalad. And we're wrapping up the discussion over here of the heavenly court system, how it works, how it functions, and why it's necessary. Why isn't the Rebbein himself just judging everything, weighing in on everything, adjudicating everything, and determining everything, which he certainly can do. We explained already a lot of uh, the ideas, explained, elaborated, and expanded on the ideas that the Ramchal shared with us. And um, in wrapping this up, rounding it up, the Ramchal is going to give us one more uh, fundamental point over here in how the whole system works in Shemaim, and that is the Kategor, the prosecutor. So let's see. Simon Tal says the Ramchal. V'hinei. Sama Adon Baruch Hu is HaKategor, V'hu HaSatan. Rebbein has established and appointed, appointed an angelic being with the role of Kategor, that's the prosecutor, and that's the Satan. That's a special appointment that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has set up here within the system and assigned to the Satan. Shanem Arboi, as is written regarding the Satan, the Satan arrived in their midst. Satan arrived and showed up. And what is the assignment of the Satan? What's his job that he has as the category for Kudasai? His job is his assignment is Litvaya Din Hadin. His job is to create a, a a motion on high, to create a summons and to to kick off a court case. That's his job. His job is to is to um, submit an appeal, uh, not an appeal, rather, a um, a summons, a motion, and and uh, call for a trial. That's his job. When he presents a claim, when he presents a summons, when he presents a demand for justice, that's when the judges are summoned. And the and the and the uh, all the malachim that are going to come testify, all the malachim that are going to come argue this way, that way. They all come. They all gather together when the satan starts a motion and shemayim v'yishpaitu, and they begin to adjudicate and they begin to preside over the case. But nothing happens, says the Ramchal. Nothing is set into motion until the satan demands a trial. Until the satan demands that someone be summoned to justice. Nothing happens. This is from the the um, innate midas ha ha toiv of Hakadosh Baruch that the Rebbeinu Shalaylam's um, way of dealing with the bria is always in 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 favor of being favorable. Midas ha toiv, midas rachmanis. Hakadosh Baruch Hu always runs the world. The the default mode, the default mode of running this world. Is always going to be that of compassion, that of mercy, and that of grace. So, from within that midah and within that natural um, relationship that Hashem has, at the default state, the default mode of the bri is always on the side of Rachmanus. Is shalayitvayis bedin atchi kadrig hamakadrig. 
No one will be summoned. Nobody will be um, put on trial. And nobody's books will be opened and the files won't be taken out and, and examined until the prosecutor demands it. Until the Satan himself summons the, the, um, the jury, the jurors, the test the, the, the witnesses and, and, and the accused himself to court. Nothing will happen until the Satan sets it into motion. Even though it goes without saying that the, the person's avayers, a person's record, a person's sins are always known and revealed and present in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There's nothing that can be hidden from Hashem. There's no, you know, sweeping anything under the rug. HaKal Goli, the Yadua, everything is known and revealed before HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He knows that we sin. He knows when we're sinning. He knows that we're about to sin. Nevertheless, we're not put on trial. We're not held accountable. We're not judged or sentenced. The crimes aren't even noticed in Shemaim until the Satan stirs things up, until he makes trouble. Um, and as the Ramchal pointed out, just to understand this a little bit better, as the Ramchal just pointed out, the uh, reason behind this is that, that's, that's the natural meat of HaKadosh Baruch and that's how the world is naturally set up. Very beautiful, amazing, and, and reassuring um, idea that the Ramchal is sharing with us. This world has a default state and a default mode, and the default mode of this world is compassion. The default mode of this world is chesed. And we find that backed up and sourced in many places. Oilam chesed yibana. The world is a world of chesed. It was avekeshtalt. It was built, founded on the premise of chesed. What that means is the default mode, the default operating state of this world is always going to be chesed until we hear otherwise. Verav chesed, we say in the Midas HaRachim, in the 13 attributes of mercy of Hashem. Rav chesed ve'emes. Rav chesed, again, the Gemara Rosh Hashanah tells us that when things are 50-50 even, when, 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 the, when things are evenly balanced in Shemaim, and after the judgment is, is, is um, finalized, and not the judgment, but the judging, after everything is weighed in, it can have a person conceivably that he's 50-50, that the, the, the arguments exactly equal themselves out, and they're equal, exactly equally balanced. You have arguments on one side to his merit arguments on the other side to his guilt and exactly balance the scales 50-50. What happens when it's 50-50? We don't have a retrial. We don't say... Um, what? The person was acquitted. We don't have a retrial. We don't say, um, you know, we have to come back and, 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 and reevaluate. We don't say, you know, you have to do something one way or the other to tip the scales. Rather, when it's exactly equated... And equally balanced, 50-50, Rav Chesed, HaKadosh Baruch goes on, 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 in, in favor of being favorable. Rav Chesed, we go towards Chesed. We tip the scales in his favor when it's 50-50. Uh, what, what, there's no svar in that. Logic doesn't demand that. We could go either way. We could say, you know, let's tip it in, 50-50 in, in means, you know, you're not, you're not um, innocent until you can be 51% innocent. Right? We can demand a retrial. We can send them Back again, we can do all kinds of things dealing with 50-50. There's no, there's no inherent logic that says it should go in, in, in to the tzad ha-schus, towards the side of his benefit, of his uh, merit, when it's 50-50. But again, that's, that is 
Um, yet again, um, is another expression of the fact that Olam Chesed Yibana, Rav Chesed, Akash Baruch default mode is always towards Chesed, always towards trying to find ways of sparing us, of saving <coughs> us, of getting us further along towards um, our our success. And that is, again, the th- premise upon which the world is founded. And, um, uh, you know, in, in addition, this really is not just the way Hashem decided to do things, to create that as the default operating mode of this world. It, it's much more intrinsic than that. Um, as the Sfarma Kedeshim tell us, Eilam Chesed Yibana doesn't just mean that the, the, the default mode of this world is always going to be towards the side of Chesed. The Becheskas, the, the Stomach the Milsa, until we otherwise always going to be Chesed when we could go either way. But the very existence of this world bespeaks of Chesed. The very existence, the very creation of this world is an act of Chesed. And that's why it's Eilam Chesed Yibana. That's why it's Rav Chesed, because it's just continuing with the same natural grain of the creation and the mitzis and the existence of this world itself. The very existence of this world is an existence of chesed because Hashem didn't need to make a world. Very nice idea. Uh, deepish idea a little bit. Nice idea, maybe something to take into the mikvah before Shabbos. The world itself is an expression of chesed, being that, as we saw all the way in the beginning of the Sefer, Hashem is Hashem with or without a world. Hashem is shalem, Hashem is complete and perfect when He doesn't make a world also. Hashem didn't need to make a world. And that was that mind bender brain teaser that we had all the way in the beginning of the Sefer. If Hashem doesn't need to make a brio. If he's complete and perfect without a Bria, why did he make a Bria? Why did he do it? Why did he do it? So we dealt with that challenge already in the beginning of the Sefer. But it suffices to say for our purposes now, all the way in the Chalik Beis, Perik Vav, Sim and Dalid, that Hashem certainly didn't need to make a Bria. He didn't need to make us. He didn't need to make us to give us a chance to get to Elam Haba. That's Elam Chesed Yibana. The existence of the world, the very existence of the world is an existence of Chesed. Therefore, the default operating mode of this world is always going to be an operating mode of chesed because that is the grain of the world, the natural grain of the world. That is the 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 natural property of this world. It's a property of chesed. It speaks of chesed. It's a testimony to chesed. So, within that theme and within that vein over here, until there is a motion that has been stirred up in Shemayim, until the satan, the prosecutor comes and demands justice, demands sentencing, nothing happens. The natural mode of this world is Hashem looks the other way. Hashem is fully aware of everything that we're doing all the time. But the natural mode of this world is Erech Hashem has patience. Hashem takes his time. Hashem doesn't come and demand accounting immediately. That's Rav Chesed. And that's Oedem Chesed Ibana. And until the Satan stirs something up, we're okay. We're okay in terms of having to face an accounting and in terms of having to be judged. Okay, let's finish this paragraph. Excuse me. Ve'ulam. Ga'am lezechok ha'chukim v'sider sadarim. Even within this idea that um, a mishpat, sentencing rather, a court case, a trial, is only going to happen when the satan demands it, and when the satan stirs something into motion, that also has its rules, that also has it's a um, system within which that works. Pirush, There are very specific rules and details that go into 
establishing when the Satan is going to be able to prosecute us, when he's going to be able to stir emotion, when he will, when he won't, how he'll do it, how he won't do it, under what circumstances. It's not, again, all or nothing. It's not that, you know, he's always looking to, to bring us to sentencing. He's always there to hap us, or he's never. Sometimes it's not arbitrary, it's not indiscriminate. It works according to very specific principles when the Satan's able to do that. It, the bottom line is, we're only going to be sentenced in Shemayim. There's only, there's only going to be a summoning and a, a, a uh, assembly of the great court systems in the heavens when the Satan kicks it off. When will the Satan kick it off? That's dependent on all the operating systems and the rules and the principles of, upon which the Satan works in doing this. As Chazal written, one such time, one such example of when the Satan will do that is, as the Gemara tells us, um, when a person is in, in, a, in a position or in a time of danger, and he's in Mokam Sakon, in a dangerous area, dangerous place, he subjected himself, exposed himself to something dangerous, to something threatening. The Satan is able to par- prosecute at that point, the Satan is able to create all kinds of emotions in Shemaim. Also, Chazal mentioned the three different types of situations that will that will um, get the books to be opened on somebody in Shemaim, that will get them to start examining a person and scrutinizing a person's record, looking at his averus. The Gemara says again, if you expose yourself into a dangerous situation, or if you uh, try to lay claim on someone else, or if you get too um, caught up in your davening, you try to see results from your davening. The Gemara says these things. Other details, other ideas that Chazal shared with us, and we see from sourced in Gemara's image Rashim that under certain circumstances, that's when the Satan is able to uh, start a motion against us. Okay, that wraps up Parak Dawud. I'm sorry, Simmons out, Paragraph Dawud. I just want to dwell on the last few lines over here. We can use this as a, as a entry point to, to um, you know, make a little bit of a crossover and understand. Some, some very basic Jewish ideas based on this basic Jewish idea that Ramchal just shared with us. So you know, the Ramchal told us really two ideas that go hand in hand. One is trials are only um, held in Shamayim when the Satan initiates it. You have to have the Satan initiating things and demanding justice, demanding a sentencing in Shamayim that's okay, alright, okay Mr. Satan, here we go. Let's get the the let's get the, uh, the, the Witnesses this way, the witnesses those, the other way. Let's get all the defendants. Let's get all the people that are going to argue this way, the other way. Let's get the judges, etc. All the all the details that go into, as we've discussed, the, the judgments and Shemaim, All that is only triggered when the Satan stirs up trouble and the Satan demands justice. He demands a sentencing, and the Satan will only do that under the right circumstances. Have to be the right circumstance for the Satan to do that. But Amchal didn't share with us all the circumstances. He just gave us a few examples of. Of, of ideas that we see in Chazal, that it does have to be under the right circumstances. And to take that further, some of the situations that the Ramchal shared with us, within which the Satan will give, um, this this uh, this motion and will be given the ability to to open a case against us, are are very interesting. They're, they're, we need to uh, zoom in a little bit more and look for a bit of a common thread, which there is. And the Ramchal said that when it's a time of danger, the Satan will have the ability to prosecute. And he mentioned the other Gemara that says there's three things that, that can 
open the books on a person that can allow the satan to summon us to the to the uh, to the um, courtroom. As we mentioned, that's again exposing yourself to danger, or um, creating emotions against someone else. And what what is it about these? Um, excuse me. What is it about these examples that gives the Sultan the ability to prosecute? And, and it really behooves us to know what the common theme is and what the common thread is, because we'd rather avoid this as much as we can. We don't want to be put on trial in We want to always be able to live in a zone of Er Chapayim, where Hashem is patient, and Hashem looks the other way, and Hashem doesn't demand an accountability. We want to... You know, that, that's where we want to be. And we certainly want to take advantage of that to do true, but that's the whole point of Erech HaFayim. That's the point of Oilem Chesed Yibana. It's not for us to coast and cruise for, through life without doing Shuba, because, you know, then we'll actually be much worse off Chas Shalom after 120. We have so much to pay off and so much to worry about. We don't want to be lulled into complacency when the Sultan is not prosecuting. So on the one hand, the Sultan's prosecution is not Kashmak, but if, for someone who's otherwise going to snooze through life, it, it's a it's a type for him. It's actually... In his, in his best interest, because that'll at least allow him to pay off what other, uh, here, what otherwise would have to be paid off in purgatory and Gehenna. On the other hand, when we're not snoozing through life, we're not dozing away through life, we don't want the Satan, to be prosecuting us in Shemayim. We want to be living with the Olam Chesed Yibana, with the, with, with the Rav Chesed, with Erech HaPayim, and, and, and enjoy uh, tranquil, serene life, and be working on our own on doing tshuva. That's the ideal, for us to do tshuva on our own, not to be compelled to do tshuva through chas and punishments and suffering that the satan sends our way. Okay, so that's certainly the ideal, is that we want to be able to be privy and privileged to live within Erech and do tshuva on our own. And it therefore does behoove us to know, you know, how do things work in Shemaim a little bit, get a little bit of an insight and an inkling as to when the satan will prosecute chas and how we can avoid that. So the examples that Ramchal threw out was putting yourself in a place of danger. Lashon Hara. That can open the books on someone. Excellent. And opening us, demanding sentencing for someone else. Can also do that. Um, and so what's the common thread that's running through these situations? The common thread is the common thread is that we are more noticed. And more noticed. And, and let's explore that. The bottom line is we want to keep a low profile when it comes to what's going on in Shemaim. We want to maintain a low profile. Low profile means we want to be under the radar. We don't want to attract too much attention in Shemaim. And when we attract too much attention, the Satan is able to seize upon that. The Satan is able to pounce on that and say, look what's going on with this guy. This guy needs to be brought to trial right now. When we make too much of a stink, too much of a fuss, when there's too much attention that's drawn to us, that's what gives the sudden the ability to put us in the spotlight when we're already making a bit of a stir and a commotion in Shammai. Okay, so it's really a two-step process. A Yid who makes too much of a splash up there, too much commotion, too much of a stir... Tracking too much attention, the sudden's able to say, Rabbi Sai, look, look, look at this yid. Look, look, he's, he's making a big commotion over here. Making a lot of action. He's stirring up quite a lot of things. Let us summon this person to judgment. Let's look a little bit closer at this guy who's already making a big stir in Shemaim. 
Now, what makes a person make this turn to mind? What, what creates this commotion? So a whole bunch of different things, but it's all, you know, revolving around this central idea of making a commotion, making a stern shemayim. And one of those items, that's the first one that Ramchal mentions, is sakana, a person exposing himself to a situation of danger. When a person is exposed to a dangerous situation, he's making a commotion in shemayim. He's making ripples. He's making a stern, a splash. He's more noticeable in shemayim. Why is that? Because the moment the person exposes himself to danger they immediately have to ask a question, and that question is, we've left a little bit, we've drifted out of the zone of chesed. You know, it's true, Eilam chesed yibon, as we said, and the standard operating mode of this world is rav chesed. That works in standard situations. In standard situations, the standard and the default of this world will cover you. This world comes with an inborn insurance policy that everybody has, and that's called rav chesed, as we said. That's called Eilam Chesed That's a inborn, unconditional insurance policy that every person that's born in this world receives at birth. Rav Chesed, Midas Hatoyv Merubah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu always tilts things and sways things towards Chesed. That works in standard situations. The default works in default circumstances. When a person puts himself into a state of sakana, he zooming down the highway at crazy speeds without a seatbelt on, he's going into dangerous neighborhoods at dangerous times, he's doing reckless and foolhardy things, he's not in a standard operating mode anymore, he's not in the default circumstances within which this world and this life works, and that standard insurance policy doesn't cover him anymore. And in Shemayim, they ask a question, Shemayim, when they see this person making this commotion because he's departed the standard, he's left the, the, the typical um, surroundings. surroundings and the typical operating mode that he has, and therefore he's kind of outside the parameters of that typical insurance policy. And, and this, this is what makes it a commotion in Shemayim. And they ask the question, Shemayim, does this person deserve to have coverage even in a state of, of, of Sakonda? Does he deserve to be saved over here. Uh, the standard insurance policy doesn't cover him anymore. Does he deserve this? Does he deserve to go into Harlem and come out alive, unscathed, with all of his possessions, with all of his clothing? Does he deserve it? I, this is a very dangerous place to be. This guy walked into East Jerusalem. This guy went to... Um, to... Um, what? The Gulag. The Gulag. The Gulag, the Russian uh, concentration camps. He went into the Gulag. You know this. He, he, this guy went into the, into the, into the hornet's nest. Does he deserve to come out? This is what's creating this commotion in Shemaim. This person is now on the radar. He's he's highly noticed, and now that he's creating a motion in Shemaim, he's being noticed. The Satan based on that commotion, is able to seize that and create a motion. There's a motion based on the commotion. This person's now on the radar screen. He's been noticed in Shemaim. The son's able to hop that and seize that and say, yes, indeed, does he deserve to come out of the situation alive? Well, let's open the books on the guy. Let's prosecute him. And let's see, does he, indeed, does he indeed deserve it? In the state of Sakana, you need to be even more deserving to come out unscathed, to come out alive, because 
you're in a non-standard situation. The standard insurance policy that everyone has based on Eilam Chesi Yibana doesn't cover you here anymore. And that's what allows the Satan to make this motion against you. Does he really deserve it? Anytime there's a question of, does he really deserve it? That's when the Satan demands sentencing, demands justice, and the Satan is able to pull everything out. And there are multiple situations in which, within which in Shemaim they can ask that question, does he really deserve it? The bottom line is, it's always going to be as a result of a person becoming noticed in Shemaim. He's noticed. He floated at the top of the, of the, uh, of the, um, of the greater pool of humanity. He appeared on the radar screen, and the Sutton is now able to demand justice because the Sutton can work on based on this question of does he really deserve, in this situation, to come out alive. And another another um, situation which can trigger that, that, that question, that, the, the him being noticed, and the question of does he really deserve, this, which allows the Sutton to prosecute, is, it was mentioned, saying Lashon Hara, saying Lashon Hara about someone, if Rubain says Lashon Hara about Shimon, so the Gemara tells us that's Mekatreg, that can open the books on Shimon, and it's the same exact idea. A Yid has power with his mouth. There's power in the tongue. There's power in the Lashon. Poison is power. And power of prosecution. When Rubain says Lashon Hara about Shimon, and he's saying negative things, critical comments about Shimon, his mouth is making those comments, those comments go all the way up to Shemaim, and in Shemaim they also hear all these terrible things that are being said about Shimon. The critique and the negativity about Shimon goes all the way up to Shemaim, and they again put Shimon on the forefront of the collective consciousnesses that are going up there in Shemaim, puts him on the radar screen, creates a commotion, look what they're saying about Shimon down here, look look at all these negative critical comments, and the son's able to say, yeah, let's talk, open the books on it. Look at all these bad things. Let's, let's, let's examine this fellow and see if these things are indeed true. Because maybe they're true and maybe he deserves to be punished. Shimon is brought to the, the forefront, to the limelight, into the witness stand over there in Shemaim. Because Ruven said Lashon Harban, a very scary thing. And this also, Rabbi Yisai, gives us a deeper understanding in this concept, which is erstwhile a spooky, superstitious kind of concept, but it's not really, it's a very basic, fundamental Jewish concept. That's the concept of Ein Hara. Ein Hara, the evil eye. Now, Ayn Hari, put an evil eye on somebody, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna damage them, you're going to hurt them, you're going to curse them. Oh, we all know that's a bunch of Judaism. We don't believe in this stuff, evil eyes, but we do believe in it. Chazal talk about Ayn Hara. The Gemara talks about putting Ayn Hara on people. The Gemara talks all the time about things that can, that can and have befallen Yidin because someone put an Ayn Hara on them. There's many anecdotes in the Gemara about someone got, you know, a certain Amoyer upset, a certain Tan upset, Nasan by Einov. Gave him an Ayn Hara, and this person suffered, died. Terrible things befell them. What's Ayn Hara? Ayn Hara is the same exact thing um, as we are discussing right now. Ayn Hara is a way of allowing the Satan to prosecute. That's really what Ayn Hara is. Ayn Hara is not a spooky, uh, mythical, superstitious type of concept where you're just like putting an evil eye on someone. Ayn Hara simply means... You're giving the Satan, the prosecutor, room to prosecute. Ayn Hara means looking at somebody critically, looking at somebody negativity, looking at somebody in an unfavorable light. And that also goes up to Shemaim. When I look at someone and I'm upset at them, I have tines on them. I have a, a um, kapeda 
I'm upset at somebody over some uh, over something, and I don't forgive them. I don't get over that. I'm looking at them with negativity in a very critical way. They got me upset. That goes up to Shemaim. And a Shemaim, that makes a splash and makes us think, and this person is noticed in Shemaim. In Shemaim, they say, look look at Shimon. Shimon is getting people upset. People, because of Shimon, are looking at him critically, unfavorably, negatively. Look what, look what kind of commotion Shimon is making in Shemaim. And when that happens in Shemaim, the Satan is able to seize that, capitalize that on that and say, Taco, let's open the books on Shimon and see what's really going on with him, this fellow who's making such a commotion, such a fuss in Shemaim. Shimon, the recipient of the Ein Haro, will actually be put in a very dangerous situation because of the Ein Haro that Reuven is putting on him. We have to be so careful how we look at people, look at them favorably, look at them in a positive way. When you look at them in a negative way, you're opening the books on somebody. Um, that's Ein Haro when we're upset at someone. Ein Haro even when we can't, as we, as, as we say, Fargin. You can't feel good about someone else's success. You're creating an opportunity for the Satan to prosecute. Your neighbor gets a new car. Your neighbor makes beautiful additions to his house. Your neighbor gets a great job. Your neighbor wins the lottery. And you can't fargin him, as we say. You can't feel good for his success. You look at him in an unfavorable way, in a critical way, in a negative way. That's also Ayn Hara. And that sends a commotion, activity in Shemaim. When I look at Shimon, Shimon was Matzliach, Shimon had a lot of success, and, and, and things are working out for him. When Ruvain looks at Shimon unfavorably and is upset, he can't forget him, can't feel good for his success, he looks at him in a very critical light, in a critical way, again, that stirs up trouble and commotion in Shemaim. Shimon is now on the radar screen. Shimon is making a big splash unknowingly and, and not to his own volition, not by choice, but what ends up happening, what ends up happening in Shemaim is Shimon is now on the radar screen. They say, look at this person who's, a, who's causing such a commotion down there, making a commotion up here. The Satan again is able to seize upon that and say, does he really deserve all this success? Does he really deserve all this happiness? Because look what kind of commotion it's making down below. Let's open the books on the guy. That's what an Ayn Har is. It's creating a stir and a commotion and a sting in Shemaim, which allows the Satan to capitalize on that and prosecute. So this is the common theme that's running through all these ideas and areas where the Satan is able to prosecute. And, and, and the lessons for us are twofold over here. A, you know, we want to try to avoid people, you know, uh, putting Ayn Har's on us, certainly. We don't want to attract too much attention. We, to keep a, we keep a low profile. We don't expose ourselves to dangerous situations. You know, Hashem should give each and every one of us tons of success, but we don't flaunt our success. We don't, you know, we don't um, dangle our success from our from our from our uh, wrists over here, from our shirt sleeves. Keep a, a low key, low profile, um, humble type of approach in success, and that's right. And. For us to ever put an Ayn Hora on anyone else, right? That's the last thing we want to do, is to put an, an Ayn Hora on anyone else and to be responsible for the books being opened on any other year. That's the last thing we would ever want to do. Okay, so that wraps up Dalid. Oh, we'll send this out as a separate... Should we send this out as a separate recording? No, let's just go straight to Hay, because Hay just wraps up the whole paragraph. And essentially what the Ramchal is going to tell us in paragraph Hay, in Simon Hay, is that there's still a lot of details, a lot of ins and outs, um, as the Ramchals want to do in all times. tells that he's really only giving us the bullet points and there's a lot of details that um, that uh, are going on behind the scenes over here. Let's see. 
um, when it comes to all these um, situations and the entire system of the heavenly courts in a general level and a specific level with the details and, and, and the basics, there's rules, there's principles, there's properties and parameters. As HaKadosh Baruch Hu saw and, and, and created as, as was appropriate in all times and circumstances. For example, some of the details are like Chazal said, it's for specific times of the year that there's specific Excuse, excuse me, excuse me, specific sentencing, a, a specific judging going on at the mission of Rosh Hashanah. Also, Chazal say in Rosh Hashanah, when we judge people, we judge the leader first um, before there should be too much wrath and anger against Klai uh, Yisrael. We let the Hamoin Am come after the Melech. Also, the Gemara Rosh Hashanah says that the crops are judged at two different times. Again, this is also there mentioned in Masechus Rosh Hashanah that what you can do, what you, what are your abilities to do to a, a, avoid and avert a bad din? What are your options and abilities after the bad din? Chas has been passed. So again, there's a lot of different rules, a lot of different principles, a lot of different parameters over here. How these things operate. Many other details that go into this. So what the Ramchal is reminding us of is he's giving us the bullet points. That's his point in the Sefer. That's the agenda of the Sefer. He gives the bullet points. And to let us realize that there's a, this is a much greater framework that he's sharing with us, and so when, within which all the details have to be fit and assembled, and the details are for us to spend the rest of our lives on, um, and Ramchal is giving us the framework, the Mizgeres, and the generalities over here. Okay, everyone should have a wonderful Shabbos, and thank you all for joining Mr. Hashem. We will continue next week with another. That wraps up Perik Vav. We'll continue next week with Perik Zayin and Derech Hashem. Yes, sir.